a bit, bit of an, an announcement <clears throat> prior to uh, getting into the Word, but uh, there's going to be a forum. I believe this is in the bulletin, but I wanted to say a few words about it. <clears throat> there's a forum called The Bible and Homosexuality will take place at the downtown Kalamazoo Radisson Hotel on Monday, September 28th. So that would be a week from tomorrow. From 7 till 9. Hmm, a week from tomorrow. That's interesting. Okay. <clears throat> this free event will be held in the main floor ballroom. Six area pastors representing both sides. It's in quotation marks. Of the issue will participate and there will be an opportunity for questions from the audience. Uh, the reason I wanted to say something about this is that it's, uh, it's actually being sponsored by an uh, individual <clears throat> who is... Uh, a strong proponent for um, the acceptance of homosexuality within the church. And this individual is not in the middle. He's on the extreme. You know, he's definitely uh, pro-homosexual agenda uh, and active on a, on a very high level. <clears throat> and then all of the pastors listed that are going to be speaking, uh, many of them are very strong pro homosexual agenda uh, ministers. I know almost every one of them. Um, but there's a couple of them that I know are representing the conservative uh, viewpoint that uh, homosexual lifestyle is not consistent with New Testament or Old Testament <laughs> biblical lifestyle. And uh, and a good friend of mine, Jeff Port, is going to be speaking. <clears throat> yeah. And so, as well as uh, 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 Dr. Nauman from the Lutheran Church in Portage, uh, and several others. And, I'm, you know, I know that the people that support uh, the homosexual agenda are rallying their troops to be there. And I am so glad I'm not on that panel. <laughs> okay. All right. And I am so, uh, you know, proud of my friends who are willing to step into the hot seat. And it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for them. So I just wanted to exhort any of you, if you're able to go, even if you just sit there and don't say anything, but you are praying and interceding for uh, Jeff and uh, Paul and the others who represent uh, what we believe to be the biblical mandate <clears throat> that would be good and you might learn some good stuff you know it's, it is good to hear the people who express why they believe it's biblical to accept homosexuals uh on, on whatever level into the, the as oh, okay it's, it's good to hear their argument so i encourage you either way but be supportive of that all right <clears throat> let's just pray for that hey you know kalamazoo is is a is a that's a high place in Kalamazoo. There's, we're kind of at the front edge of uh, pushing uh, a homosexual agenda. There's several individuals with a whole bunch of money that spend millions and millions of dollars every year of their own personal money to uh, advance that agenda. And, and it's just a difficult issue in our day. It's, it's, it's just a big issue. And I'm sensitive to those who struggle with uh, uh, you know, sexual identity issues. <clears throat> and so... Uh, it's just, it is a big issue. So let's pray about it. Father, we just we ask your grace to be uh, poured out, uh, not only on that event, but on this issue and, and, and how uh, we can learn to respond to this very, very challenging uh, uh, issue in people's lives, as well as in the lives of our community and our nation and this generation. And so we just we pray for grace and wisdom and blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen? Alright, turn to John chapter 8, verse 31. <clears throat> and I think I will too. The uh, title of my sermon is Complete Freedom. And so, yeah. <laughs> I love it when it all comes together, you know. I don't tell the worship team that. And when they started off with that word and the, the song about freedom, I was like, wow, <clears throat> that's fantastic. Um, so John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31. I'm just going to read from 31 through 36 in the New King James. I'm going to talk about it. So then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered Him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say, You will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Amen? If the son makes you free, you are free indeed. There's a few... Uh, we're going to try to jump through this progression that we see in the beginning of this passage. Hopefully quickly. Jesus said to those Jews who... What? Huh? Hello? Jesus said to those Jews who... Believed. Alright. Oh, pretty color. So these are the guys that believed Him. These were believers. Alright? These weren't critics. These weren't people arguing with them. These are the ones who already came over and said, okay, we think what Jesus is talking about is okay. And so they were believers. Now, a few verses down, He calls them sons of the devil, but... <laughs> I was thinking about this. I tell you, if Jesus was preaching, you'd walk away from the service most of the time being really angry at Him. Alright? If you read the New Testament, that's exactly what happened. So I'm, I'm going for that. <laughs> no, not really. Alright. And this word believe means to think to be true, to be persuaded. And so it's a Greek word that particularly means on an intellectual level. Uh, they, they agreed to what he was saying. <clears throat> they saw sense in what Jesus was communicating. And so they were at a level of belief. But he was challenging them that, hey, you're just at the beginning. There's a, there's a lot further to go. And he says to those who believed, if you abide in my word. So the next step is to, or the next progression is to abide in my word. And that simply means stay there. Live there. Live in my word. If you already believe, if you then live in my word, if you abide, this word abide means you don't leave. It's a, it's not a very complicated concept. <laughs> okay? If you remain, if you stay put, if you don't go elsewhere, alright? If you abide 
in my word, if you stick with what I'm telling you, all right, if you don't allow your heart and mind to wander away from what I'm communicating, if you live there, if you live, everybody say live there. All right, so he had to go from intellectual assent to living in Jesus' Word. And then he says, then, then you'll be what? My disciples. Now, most people that experience or entertain the idea of Christianity only get this far. In fact, a lot of people struggle getting this far. Right? In fact, it's a miracle of God to be in a place where you believe. Amen? It's a miracle. And it's a good place to start. It's a really bad place to end. Alright? Because God, Jesus says, okay, now that you believe, stay there. Live in my word. And if you're living there, then you're my student. Then you can start to learn. Then you're my student. You're my pupil. You'll be a learner of me if you stay. Not just if you believe, but if you abide. And if you abide, then you're my disciple. Now, what does that mean? If you enroll, how many are college students? Put up your hands, I'd be proud. Right. Does that mean you go to school for one day and you're done? Right. Say, so I'm a college student. Yeah. All right, now what? No, you're a college student for years. Right? For years. Some people are like, and years, and years, and years. Okay? Because being a student is going through a process of learning and understanding and integrating everything that you learn into, a, you know, hopefully a, 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 a career when you go to, to a school. But what Jesus is talking about is a life. Alright? He says, if you're my disciples, then there's another step. If you're my disciples, then you'll know what? Truth. And this word know is really important. Because a lot of people get to this place, but they still feel like they don't get it. They don't understand. They haven't experienced. And you know why? It's because they haven't. And they don't get it. And they haven't experienced it because they haven't abided because they're not the and they haven't got to the disciple stage, so they don't really know the truth. Oh, maybe you believe some facts, but man, there's a there's a there's a process of maturation of growing in God that takes time and discipline in order for you to know. And this word "know" is very very important because it, it's an experiential knowledge as opposed to this word that's used for believe, which is more intellectual knowledge. This is an understanding on an ideological or idea level. This is an understanding on a really a physical level, a perception level where you can feel it. It's actually the word when you say, when you know somebody in the biblical sense of the term. How many know, know what that means? All right. It's, it's the word that the Jews and the people in Jesus' time used for uh, a husband and wife when they had intimate relationships. They, they, they had knowledge of one another. It's an experiential 
that's kind of physical and there's a lot of, you feel it, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody adult in here? There's an amen. <laughs> you better be married if you said amen to that, by the way. <laughs> Alright, so it's something that is experiential. Alright, that makes a difference. You feel it. And the, the word here for truth, I love it. It, it can be also translated reality. Then you'll experience reality. Wow! You'll experience reality. You know, I think the, the world, the world, and in fact, the next part of this chapter, Jesus goes into this whole thing about the enemy is the father of lies and the deceiver. And that they were all under the influence of the deceiver. And there's a truth that the world is under deception. And we're born into a world that's crooked through sin and we're deceived. And Jesus is telling us the steps to know reality, to experience reality, to escape from deception and experience reality. It begins with belief, but you have to stay there. You have to be disciplined about it. And then you'll experience it. And when you experience reality, then... Then you can have freedom. Shuba. Shuba. Then you can have freedom. That means to liberate, to exempt, to deliver, to make free. To make free. And the implication is that if you don't have experiential perception of reality through discipline, through abiding in Jesus' Word, which begins with at least some level of intellectual assent, you're not free. Now, verse 33. It says, And they answered them, we are, Well, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Have you ever been talking to someone and they say something that is so blatantly untrue that you're dumbfounded? You know? That you just go... Uh, you're like, okay, you know? Have you ever... I have encountered that a few times. Okay, they happened to be... with Jesus, who was ruling Jerusalem when Jesus lived? Rome. Rome, Rome. right. They were... They were currently under subjection to Rome. They had been in a series of occupations for like, what, a thousand, fifteen hundred years? Didn't they spend like four hundred years in, in Egypt as slaves? Those were Abraham's descendants, okay? And these, these scholars here are debating with Jesus on, wait a minute, we're not under bondage to anyone. And you know, Jesus is probably going, ay, ay, ay. That's in the Greek, by the way. <laughs> they didn't think they were in bondage, just like you and I often don't think we're in bondage. Right? They didn't think they needed a deliverer, just like you and I often think. We don't need a deliverer. You know what a deliverer? This is the thing about slavery. You can't get yourself free if you're a slave. You need someone from the outside to come and rescue you. 
They didn't think they needed a Savior because they weren't under bondage to anyone. Because they weren't perceiving reality. Because they weren't a disciple and they weren't standing. They were deceived. They were under the influence of the deceiver. And unfortunately, that's often where we're at. They thought, and we think, we just need a little help here and there. I just need a little advice. You know, if I could just, Jesus, if you could just answer this one little issue here, you know, my life would be right. If I could just, you know, fix this and everything would be good. God, if you could just heal this pain in my left hip, then I could serve you fully. You know? If I could just... And God is saying, Dude, you are like in slavery. You don't need just a little nudge. You're in chains and you don't realize it. You need complete deliverance. Alright? Salvation. That's what the word means. And I talk to people and I talk to myself. And I realize this. It's like, I don't just need a little bit. I don't need to do a little better. I need a Savior. I need a Deliverer. I need someone to rescue me completely out of this lifestyle so that I can live in the freedom. I can experience the freedom that Jesus both talked about and demonstrated. Jesus said, you're in slavery. Most assuredly, verse 34, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Think about that for a minute. I'm not a slave. If you committed a sin, you're a slave. Well, I'm not a slave. Ever been greedy? Lustful? Angry without just cause? Ever told a lie? Ever did less than what you were told by God to do? Steal, cheat, swear? You're a slave. I don't know about you. I don't know if I ever make it through a day without making a, doing a sin. Maybe you do. Want to get up here and take my place? <laughs> All right. I don't often choose, like, I'm going to go out and sin today. But the fact that sin shows up in my life, even when I'm doing my best, and then sometimes, you know, I just don't do my best. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. I need a Savior, I need a deliverer. I need to be set free. A slave cannot make himself free. None of us actually knows what it means to be a slave in the literal sense of the word. Alright? But all of us, Jesus said, who commit sin are slaves to sin. Alright? So, it's actually would be beneficial 
if we had had experience or could go and see, and if you've never gone to a historical <clears throat> representation of slave villages, I have, take my kids there, it's very powerful in how it dominated every aspect of their life. We can't grasp this. Thankfully, God has purged slavery in many forms, although it's not, the world is in no way free. And some people say there's more people in slavery today than ever in different forms. <clears throat> if we commit sin, Jesus said spiritually, we are in a state of slavery. And a slave needs a deliverer, someone to pay the price for our freedom. If you're a slave, you may be able to escape and run away, but inside, you're still a slave. I was thinking about this. I was working on a sermon. I went out for a walk. Thinking about something totally different. Thinking about Tori's wedding. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, boy, if I was rich, and I heard the Spirit say, you know, I was like, if I was rich, I'd do this. But if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I was rich, I would... if you were a slave, you wish you were free. If I had a new car, then I, if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I was smarter, if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I was bigger, if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I was smaller, <laughs> if you were a slave, you'd wish you were f free. Oh man, if I was famous, if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I was popular, if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If you commit sin, you're a slave. Do you wish you were free? Are you getting it? If I had a better house, then if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If my house was paid off, then if you were a slave, you'd wish you were free. If I just had a better job, if you were a slave, you'd be wishing you were free. If I had a better wife or husband, <laughs> if you were a slave, you'd be wishing you were free. If I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if you were a slave, You'd wish you were free. If you committed sin, you're a slave. Are you wishing you were free? My kids asked me for stuff. Yes, last night they were, Dad, this is it, man. This is what we really want. <laughs> I have them make lists for Christmas and birthdays, you know, because I can't remember anything. Because they said, forget the whole list. We just want an ATV. William looks at me, an ATV. You know, all-terrain vehicle. It was for, uh, a couple thousand dollars. Like, and where are you going to drive it in Portage? You know? <laughs> and then in the driveway, stop. Back in the driveway, stop. <laughs> if they were a slave, they'd be wishing they were free. You get it? There's only one desire in a slave, in the heart of a slave, is freedom. Nothing else matters. Nothing else compares. Because their whole life, they see, is contained under the bondage even of a good master. They're not free. They're owned by someone else. 
If we commit sin, that's what describes our lives. But in deception, we don't even realize that we're not even unless you were free. Are you hearing me? We re- Jesus, and so these people responding to Jesus, we're not in bondage. That's us responding to God. I don't have any problem here. I'm not in bondage. I just need a little help. He's like, man, you are a, you're in slavery. You need total f- freedom. You need to dismantle your whole lifestyle and rebuild it under my discipleship. Not just a little here, a little there, and think everything is going to be okay. Don't you realize you got to take it all apart? You got to have a whole new, you have to be reborn. For many slaves, the only way they got free was to die. Jesus says, we have to die to ourselves, eh? All right. Let's go on. Because the next verse is so important. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. It's funny, as contemplating this message, as listening to a radio program, completely secular, it was on NPR, and they were just talking about this play, a series of play, and the one quote, or the name of this one play was The Earth is the Orphan's Home. And the, and the author was talking about, uh, or it wasn't the author, the author had passed away, it was when he, his daughter was talking about how, um, how there's this longing that really everyone on earth is an orphan. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. And everyone is longing for permanence or longing for a place to stay and there's deep within the, uh, the heart of everyone is this longing this desire for permanence for for a, having a home and the uh they had a quote uh i think it was the actual playwright he said this with a, almost a uh a, a forrest gump accent you know this is a funny thing about family you have it then you don't that was a line in the play it's true even family you have a family? Do you think it's going to be that way forever? And then you don't. I had a family. I had a mom and dad and three brothers, younger sister, beautiful house out in the country, orchard, go-kart, you know, gravel pits. Who could ask more? <laughs> it was great. Dad got sick. Mom divorced. You know, brothers grew up. It's all gone. It's all gone. Those things. It's all gone. Houses. Somebody else owns a house. It's all different. You know. Even the best that we have is only temporary. And we can enjoy it. It's just an appetizer for what Jesus promises. And it's interesting that the promise for those in slavery is sonship so that we can remain. Now, a slave wants to be free and get away. But the promise is that if you're a son, you can stay. That you have a place that is yours. Okay? You're not made, forced to be somewhere where you don't want to be, but you belong there. You belong. That's freedom, Jesus said. Freedom is knowing where you belong, that you're right there in God's presence, that you're a son. And Jesus said, whom the son makes free is free indeed. 
completely free. Freed in every way. I was talking to some other pastors and their spouses this summer at a pastor's thing and and I said, uh, yeah, we went up to Toronto and this revival that happened about 15 years ago and you know, it really changed everything about us. It really just gave us such freedom. And one of the wives said, freedom from what? And I said, well, you know, it's not really freedom from, it's, it's freedom for. And another pastor chimed in and said, and freedom to. And I'm like, yeah, it's freedom for. And freedom too. It's not just, I mean, it's important that we understand that we're, it's freedom from sin, freedom from bondage, freedom from sickness, freedom from the influence of the devil, freedom from deception. But it's only part of the package, okay? It's really all about freedom for, freedom unto, freedom so that, you know what? I can be with God and stay forever with God. Forever in this place where I'm home. I know that there's permanence. I know that there's, there's family. A son abides forever because you're a family. And the Bible says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. The word indeed means unrestrained. You're unrestrained. There's no limits. There's no limits. Is that, that's great, man. It can be translated, you're free, really? <laughs> Certainly. Clean. Truth, verily. If this, Jesus sets you free. The truth sets you free. Jesus is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. Then and only then will you have freedom. Freedom from all the things that limit you All the bondage, whatever it looks like, it's sin and it's bondage and it's slavery. Whatever you want to call it, it's sin and it's bondage and slavery. And there's one path out and that's following Jesus Christ, experiencing that truth, that knowledge of reality, living in that and becoming sons and daughters of the King so that we can be free indeed. Free completely. God doesn't do anything halfway. Alright? God is pure. Complete, right? He's holy. He doesn't like try to do something and doesn't really do it. Alright? God's not like you or I in that at our best we can make something sort of work. If God decides to do something, He gets it done. Right? Part of the way or all of the way? 100%. And God can make you 100% all the way free. Every remnant of slavery, sin, sickness, Satan in your life, He can just reach in. See, it's not hard for Him to reach into your life and break those chains off. It's easy. You don't even see the chains. You go to Him. And that's that's the life, Christ has called you and I to. Father, we ask for that freedom. Lord, we repent of ignorance and denial that we are slaves. And we say we need a Savior. Jesus, we commit. Say, I commit. I commit to abide in Your Word. I commit to be Your disciple so that I can experience truth and know freedom. In Jesus' name, Amen. Sarah has some announcements.